This is Linux Reality, Episode 10, PC Linux OS, Part 3. sounds a little different this time is because I've got a cold, so you'll just have to forgive me. Hopefully it doesn't sound too bad. Um, but welcome to Linux Reality. I'm your host, uh, Chess Griffin. This week we're going to continue our look at PC Linux OS, which is a live Linux distribution that runs off of a CD and is based on Mandrake Linux. Uh, specifically, we're going to look at configuring PC Linux OS and we'll also take a brief look at installing new applications. Before we get to that, however, let me mention a few updates. In episode three, I discussed Linux resources. Well, one of our listeners, Chris, brought up another good resource, Lugs. Lugs are Linux user groups, and these are groups of people that uh, get together, usually monthly, to discuss Linux Maybe they'll have speakers about Linux. Sometimes they have something called install fests where everybody gets together and installs Linux on your on people's computers. And they have chapters, if you will, all across the world. Chris sent me a link to a site that has a list of lugs all across all over the world. So I will put that in the show notes. I have a confession to make. I am not a member of my local lug. I know, I know, it's awful. It's it's a it's a, it's a travesty. It's uh, I should be ashamed of myself. And um, I think after Chris has brought this up, I think it's prompted me to renew that in me. And I'm going to take a look at our local uh, local lug and see if I can't get more involved there. But I will put the link to the list of lugs in the show notes and. What's interesting also about that link to the to the list of lugs is that that list is maintained or it's part of the Linux counter, and that's something that I thought I'd mention as well. You'll see this sometimes in, in people's signatures and forms and stuff. In fact, I have it in my signature in the Linux reality forms. You'll see Linux user number, and there'll be like a you know six-digit number there. Well, the Linux counter is a website where you can register for free and just sort of you know make yourself heard, make yourself counted as a Linux user and the they assign you a number and then you can log in annually and just kind of maintain your profile you can also register your Linux machines so you can say that you're a Linux user or whatever and you've got three Linux machines and it's just a sort of an informal way to count Linux users and Linux machines so check out the uh, the Linux counter it's it's pretty cool the other resources I wanted to mention that I want to sort of updates here are two resources resources for PC Linux OS specifically. The first is a wiki or a new user guide and there's also a link to this on the PC Linux OS default desktop and I will put a link to it on in the show notes. It's a really well done uh, new user guide and it really steps through everything you could possibly do including installing it to the hard drive and configuring it and installing applications and things like that. So that's that's a really great uh, wiki uh, and then the second PC Linux OS uh, resource is their their forums. I've got a very active forum, and uh, I recommend that highly. Uh, I've been sort of browsing it and, and sort of lurking in the background and, and seeing the interaction of folks, and, it's, and it's, it really is an excellent forum. So if you have any problems running PC Linux OS, of course, feel free to post it in the Linux reality forums. But more often than not, you'll probably get a better response over there. That's where their active users are, and I'm going to keep an eye on things and see if I can help folks out because I think it's it looks like a really great form. So let me 
get to some listener feedback. Message for you, sir. first uh, email I wanted to read here is from Steve. He sent me kind of a long email uh, listing some some advanced topics that he wanted me to get to. But what I wanted to read, he said, uh, just wanted to give you a little feedback after listening for a few weeks now. I like the way you were doing the podcast, slowly building on the most basic information in a logical and sequential manner, manner. I can tell some thought and planning has gone into this. I've tinkered with Linux on and off for a few years, but there are some concepts that are still eluding me. So far, there's not much new for me, but I have found a couple of nice resources in your show that I was unaware of, such as Tux Magazine. I am anxiously awaiting you to get to some of the following that I have questions on, but these are more advanced topics that I know you will be while building up to. And he mentions a few here, like editing the menus and playing with live CDs and storing your configuration, how to install software, and getting a network printer working. And then he ends. Uh, he closes by saying again, thanks for a good podcast. It's become one that I listen to first thing the next morning after the new one comes out. You are in good company with the likes of Security Now. And that's really awesome, Steve. Uh, Security Now is one of the podcasts I listen to, and it is fantastic. I really enjoy it very much, and I'm very flattered that you kind of put me in that same group. And you're right. I mean, we are building very slowly here, and a couple people have sent me emails asking me to sort of speed things up, and, and things will speed up, but... I really do have a foundation I want to lay here that I've thought about and planned out, and and we will get there. And those things that you mentioned, Steve, are definitely things we're going to talk to or talk about. So thank you for the feedback. And then Caleb sent me an email saying, uh, "My name is Caleb. I'm in the IT field. I must say it is nice to finally get great beginners information about Linux that I don't have to read. It's great. Keep up the good work. I'll continue to listen. Thank you very much, Caleb." And the last one that I've got for for right now is uh, by Eric. And he, he says, thanks for the awesome show every week, Chess. As a result of me listening to your show every week, I've been sparked with an idea. All the old machines I had collecting dust can now be put to good use. I've started to tinker with some Linux distros on machines and giving the machines out to people who would normally not be able to afford computers. That is really awesome, Eric. That is That is really great thing to do and a great way to use old computers and yeah put linux on them and there's a whole lot of people out there that don't have computers and don't have access to new technology and and you know an old computer running linux would be perfect for those people and then he wraps up saying here's a link to this awesome map of linux and it's kind of neat i'll put this in the show notes it's kind of like a uh, almost like a genealogical tree or family tree or something and or almost like a flow chart and it lists Linux distributions and where they come from and sort of their heritage and all that. So that's pretty cool. So I'll put that in there. Thank you for that, Eric. I do appreciate it. Thanks for everybody else for sending the emails and posting in the forums. I think we've got some good discussions over there in the forums. If you haven't registered, please check those out. And I do appreciate that. So with that, let's talk about configuring PC Linux OS. Okay, when talking about configuring PC Linux OS, I've kind of broken it down into three topics that I want to get to in this podcast, in this episode. The first one is configuring the desktop, you know, the KDE desktop that you look at, the look and feel, if you will. Secondly is configuring hardware that you may have attached to your computer. And the third is installing new software. So uh, let me bring take the first two together uh, at first, and, and what I mean is configuring the desktop and configuring the hardware. If you're familiar with Windows, I'm sure you're familiar with the control panel 
or the control center, whatever it's called in Windows, I don't even remember anymore. But it's a you know a place where you can go to configure all sorts of things that deals with Windows. Well, in Linux, because you have multiple different desktop environments out there, KDE, GNOME, you know what have you, you're going to have a set of tools available to configure those desktops. But then you're going to have a separate place to where you have to go to configure the hardware. And if you think about it, it makes sense. Let's say you're running a distribution that that gives you both KDE and GNOME, and you can switch between the two. Well, when you're in KDE, you're not going to really use the GNOME configuration tools because you're not in GNOME. You're in KDE and vice versa. But in both cases, you're going to want to have access to the configuration tools that will allow you to configure the hardware. So the hardware configuration tools kind of apply across the board, and then each desktop environment has its own set of configuration tools to configure the look and feel. And so that's why it's a little confusing when people who are new to Linux go, let's say, for example, here in PC Linux OS, if you go down to the little KDE menu there in the bottom left, go up to configuration, and then go over to the side panel, the side menu that comes out, you'll see KDE Control Center and PC Linux OS Control Center. Well, there's two different control centers, and that is kind of confusing to someone who's not used to it, but it does make sense. I mean, the KDE Control Center is there to configure the desktop environment only, generally speaking, and the PC Linux OS Control Center is, is a tool that's been put in there by the PC Linux OS developers to help you configure the hardware and things like that. Okay, so let's start with the uh, KDE Control Center. Click on that, and the the resulting window that opens up uh, is the uh, KDE Control Center itself. You'll see that the main screen on the right-hand side, the bigger window, that's going to be where you know stuff will appear as you click on the different options. Right now, it tells you your KDE version and some other information there. On the left-hand side, you'll see a list of Oh gosh, uh, nine or ten different um, you know subsections, and it's accessibility, components, information, look and feel, network, peripherals, power control, security, sound, system, and web browsing. So each of these components is a subsection of the KDE Control Center. Now, keeping the KDE Control Center open just as it is, go back down to the menu again, to the menu uh, icon in the taskbar. Click on that. Go back to configuration again, open up the same side menu, and then now go down to KDE. You'll see there's a KDE option, and it opens up a third or another side menu, and you'll see it's the same components, accessibility, components, information, look and feel, network, peripherals, power control, security, sound system, web browsing. This is basically a shortcut way to get to these various subsections of the KDE Control Center. So in other words, if you have the KDE Control Center closed down and you know you need to go to the Control Center slash, you know, look and feel, you can just do it through the menu tree right here. It's just a shortcut without having to open up the entire Control Center. Okay, so closing out the menus there, let's just go back to the Control Center itself. The first one, accessibility, deals with accessibility issues within the desktop in terms of, you know, bells and 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 audio notify you know notifications on things, uh, keyboard layout, region and language, and that sort of thing. 
components, the next the next subsection lets you do things like um, configure your default email client, your default web browser, lets you choose file associations. So, for example, when you click on you know, a .txt file, it opens up a particular text editor that you like. It's got some things like that, the spell checker configuration. Information, the next component, is basically just a, a listing of various devices, hardware devices that were discovered by KDE and gives you some information about them. The next one down, look and feel, is probably where you'll spend a lot of time because this this is where you can configure, well, the look and feel of KDE. And the amount of configuration available in KDE is really staggering. Some people feel it's too much. Some people feel that it's it's option overload. But that's, you know, up to each person to decide whether or not they like these number of options or not. But going through here, you can see that you can change things like the background and the colors that are involved, the fonts. You can even change that, you know, you can have different fonts on the desktop or the taskbar or the the window, you know, a window that's opened. I mean, you can really, really get very customized here. Uh, you can change the icon theme in icons. You can set the number of multiple desktops. That's the, remember last time I, or the, maybe two weeks ago, I talked about the virtual desktops. And those that was the little number one and the number two down there in the taskbar. You can have more than that if you want, or less. Panels lets you um, deal with the kicker. That's the panel there at the very bottom. You can have more panels if you want. You can make them transparent. You can make them hide. You can have all sorts of animation and, and cool little effects. You can also configure the menu. They call it the K menu. And if you so, if you go into panels and click on menus tab, there's ways you can customize the menu itself. This will also let you configure the screen saver. The KDE splash screen, that's the thing that you see when KDE first boots up, you know, when you're logging into KDE itself. Now, the next one after splash screen is style. This is one of the things I love about Linux. doesn't matter what kind of desktop environment you use. Most of them allow you to configure the style of the desktop environment. And style means the, you know, the, the, the widgets the way the buttons look, the way the tabs look, the way the, the progress bar looks. There's all sorts of effects that you can use in terms of mouse overs and transparency and shadows and tear-off menus. I mean, it's, it's more than I can really go into here. Uh, you're going to really just have to experiment and play around with these, with these configuration settings because the amount of customization really is amazing. That's could all be within style. Again, style is the is the widgets. They call them widgets, and that means buttons and and progress bars and that kind of thing. The next one allows you to handle system notifications. You know, beeps and sounds and flashing things when something when the system is trying to notify you. The taskbar is, is the section of the panel where the running applications are are indicated with the little rectangular icon box down there. Okay, the uh, the next one in the list, Theme Manager, allows you to choose between different prepackaged KDE themes. 
a theme is sort of a collection of some of the above items. In other words, it may include a background, some colors, different kind of fonts, some different icons, and it will kind of put it all together and release it as a theme. It's kind of like a package of different look and feel items put together a certain way. If you notice in the top right there's a little link there that says get new themes. If you click on that you will be taken to a website themes.kde.org which will list some additional KDE themes that you can download and install in this same theme manager panel. Alright, going back to the main look and feel section on the left hand side after theme manager are three subsections dealing with windows and uh, windows behavior, window decorations, and windows specific settings. This is where you can set all kinds of default actions with regards to the KDE windows. You know, what the buttons in the upper right hand corner look like, the way the top corners look, you know, are they rounded, are they squared off, the type of text, what the inactive versus the active window look like. I mean, it's amazing the level of detail that you can you can get to here on, on changing the behavior of the windows. There's also translucency. You know, you can make the windows transparent or have drop shadows and all that kind of cool eye candy. Okay, after look and feel is a couple sections dealing with some hardware which kind of goes against what I was just saying a few minutes ago, but like for example network. This is where you can set some network uh, connection preferences like timeout values. You can uh, set up some file sharing if you have you know Windows file sharing set up and we'll have to cover that another time. There's even a tab for your wireless network. Now this is where a place, I mean this is a place where you can set your wireless network, but more often than not you're going to you know use whatever tools your distribution may have included, if any. And if not, then you can kind of fall back on this KDE uh, wireless network setting panel. Then there's peripherals, where you can where you can set up some some KDE specific um, aspects of different kind of peripherals like cameras and FireWire joysticks and that kind of thing, keyboard, mouse, power control. You know, if you have a laptop, you may want to set look at the settings in here. It can deals with the laptop battery and power control. Uh, security, you can uh, set up your different types of, of uh, certificates and, and crypto things. KDE wallet, where you can set up a, a wallet to sort of save your passwords and that sort of thing. Then there's sound, where you, where you can make set settings for playing audio CDs and the sound system and, and, and system bells. Under system is where you can set things like the date and time. You can install fonts. There's a place where you can go in to set up K3B, which is that CD burning program I talked about. There's all sorts of really neat things in here that you can check out. And then web browsing. This allows you to, to change all sorts of settings for Conquer, which is, as I mentioned, the sort of default file manager and web browser for KDE. Now you can get to these same settings within Conquer itself. If you click the Conquer icon down in the web browser, which is the icon to the right of the terminal, then Conquer the web browser will open up. Once that's open, you can go up to Settings and then down to Configure Conqueror. And some of these same settings will be in here for you to 
to to play around with, such as file associations and setting up Java and the fonts that you want the web browser to use and cookies and cache and proxy and style sheets and plugins and all sorts of good stuff dealing with Conquer the web browser. So if you close that back up, then that's sort of some, that's, you know, very high level of look at this KDE control center. Again, the important thing to remember is that the KDE control center deals with the settings about KDE alone, which is the desktop environment that PC Linux OS uses. If you were to use a GNOME distribution like Ubuntu, there would be different tools that you would use to configure GNOME. Now, GNOME does not bring them all together into one control center like KDE does. GNOME kind of has, has their tools spread out, but I guess we can take a look at those tools when the time comes for us to take a look at Ubuntu or some other GNOME distribution. Okay, so close out the KDE control center. Now, I want to show you a couple things on how you can interact with some of the KDE control center in different ways. For example, on the desktop, right-click on the desktop, and you'll get a context menu. Click on Configure Desktop. Okay, now, this little tool, Configuring the Desktop, is the same tool that's in the KDE Control Center. If you open, if you go back to the KDE Control Center, under Look and Feel, click Background, you will see that's the same panel, if you will, for the background tab under Configure Desktop when you right-clicked on it. In other words, the context menu allowed you to bring in a, a smaller window that has a subset of the KDE Control Center tools. Same with Behavior, Multiple Desktops, Screensaver, and Display. These are all pieces of the KDE Control Center that are brought together in one little window that deals with the desktop only. Same thing would happen if you go down to the virtual desktops, the, you know, one and two, and you go to configure desktops. Boom, it's the configure uh, virtual desktops component of the KDE control center. In fact, it even says in the title configure-kde control module. So these are some of the ways you can configure some of the desktop. Some of the other things you can do is you can right-click on the icons and click on Properties, and it will give you some information on the icons and the name and the description and the tooltip and, and all of that can be customized. You can add an icon to the panel by going into the panel and right-click and go to Add to Panel, and you can add an applet, which is like a little mini program like the clock for example, is an applet, and there's a whole bunch of different ones in there that you can that you can have in there. News ticker and and you know quick launcher, the, the sound mixer, you know for for volume, weather report, wireless network information, that kind of thing. You can also add to panel application, and then that will open up your KDE menu tree, and from in there you can just kind of browse around and look for an application you want to add. So, for example, you can go to Networking, www, Mozilla Firefox, and it will add a Firefox icon to your KDE panel. You can also right-click on the KDE menu icon in the lower left-hand corner and go to Menu Editor. And this is a component of the PC Linux OS Control Center that allows you to edit the KDE menu and you can add applications, rename them within the menu, move them around, 
that sort of thing. So now that we've taken a look at the KDE Control Center, let's check out the PC Linux OS Control Center. All right, the uh, PC Linux OS Control Center is, I think, an, it's a uh, updated version of the old Mandrake Control Center. And it's got a lot of tools in here to let you configure and manage your hardware and, and boot up and, and security and system and things like that. So this is a this is a very powerful set of tools right here. And when you first ran it, I should have prompted you for the root password. And so everything you're doing in here, you'll be doing as administrator. Now on the left-hand side, you'll see there's... Uh, seven tabs for seven different sections boot hardware mount points networking security system and online admin in boot this is where you can do things like enable automatic login for for users you can select a theme to display during the boot process you can uh, select a display manager for the for the GUI login you know when you first log in it has the two boxes for the name and password. That's actually a little program called KDM, which is the KDE Display Manager, and it lets you, you know, it handles the login. There's other display managers out there like uh, GDM and some others, and it lets you select those here. And then the last one here is to configure the bootloader. The bootloader is something we'll talk about when we talk about installing distributions to your hard drive, but the bootloader is basically it's a it's a it's a little piece of code that sits at the very beginning of your hard drive and presents you with a menu when you have multiple operating systems ins installed it presents you with a menu of them so you can select windows or linux or what have you that's what that's what a bootloader is basically the next tab down hardware this is where you can manage and configure a whole bunch of different pieces of, of hardware and it's you can kind of see what what it is you know monitors tv cards printers keyboards, pointing devices, scanners, that sort of thing. You can also change your desktop screen resolution and uh, configure your uh, sound card. The next one is mount points. Now, mount points deal with partitions and, and, and uh, file systems. And this is basically where you're going to be able to handle or manage, you know, your hard drive partitions and, and things like that and uh, so uh, that's all I'll say for now next one is networking this is where you can manage your network devices network cards wireless uh, network connections and the nice thing is it, it from what I can tell it looks like it has things built in like NDIS wrapper and, and uh, WPA for allowing you to use your Windows wireless card and if you use WPA that you can configure that uh, type of uh, security setting. Next one down is security and uh, right now it just has one item in here about setting up a personal firewall. The sixth tab is system. This is where you can do things like uh, configure backups, um, uh, date and time, system language, system services, you know the types of things that, that start when you boot. You can look at your system logs, you can manage fonts, things like that. Um, and it also allows you to get to the Synaptic Package Manager to add, remove, and update official uh, pieces of software that are included. We'll talk about that in the next little segment. And manage your uh, users. 
And then the last one, the online admin, this allows you to set up a way to control another machine over the network, you know, sort of like remote desktop connection or VNC type thing. So you can tell that this is a, a nice suite of tools, and I think looks to me like it's been a while since I've, since I've used Mandrake, and I've never actually used Mandriva since it changed names, but it looks to me like Techstar and his crew have, have really cleaned up and, and added some nice uh, extra features to this old uh, Mandrake control center and, and, you know, what they're calling the PC Linux OS control center. And between this and the KDE control center, there's really everything you need to configure your look and feel, your desktop, you know, the GUI, as well as all of the hardware and networking and, and disk drives and sound cards and printers and all that kind of good stuff. So everything should be within those two control centers. Okay, and then there are some additional um, configuration tools in the menu that are not in either of these control centers, and they're just different tools that are provided either through KDE or just separate third-party uh, applications to allow you to handle things like your changing your passwords and setting up the you know GPG if you use uh, GPG, uh, the GNU Privacy Guard, and uh, lets you set things like cron jobs cron cron is basically a little program that will let you set things to run at certain times of the day you know maintenance type tools and there's a bunch of other little utilities in here as well one of these tools and this was the last section I wanted to talk about today is the tool called synaptic if you go to configuration then packaging and then synaptic software manager this will run a little little application called Synaptic that allows you to install software on PC Linux OS. It requires root privileges to run, so you'll need to enter in root as your root user when first running Synaptic. And the first time you run Synaptic, it will ask you to update the list of packages. It will say your package information is out of date. You know, it's older than 48 hours. Uh, and go ahead and click the reload and this is assuming you're connected to the internet so I will go ahead and click reload and what it will do is it will contact the PC Linux OS servers and get a down and, and download an updated list of software that's available for installation and so when you run run Synaptic for the first time and after you update the list of packages in the left hand column is is a you know different ways of categorizing the packages, the software, you know, you can list it by status. You see the little four buttons at the very bottom there, sections, status, search, and custom. If you click on status, it will, you can break packages out by all, list all packages, list the installed packages only, list the uh, installed, uh, locally installed packages or the obsolete packages, list the packages that are available to be upgraded, list new packages in the repositories on the servers and then list packages that are not installed. You can also click on sections and then it will break out packages by, you know, type of type of application like games and finance and internet and multimedia and stuff like that. And you know, I've spent some time browsing through this package list and it's pretty amazing what's available for PC Linux OS. It's just about everything you can think of. I mean, tons of games, tons of applications. You know, OpenOffice is available. 
All sorts of DVD authoring and burning tools are available. All kinds of multimedia tools are available. You can install other desktop environments like GNOME and, and uh, Window Maker and IceWM, XFCE. You can install all different kinds of networking tools, chat, file transfer, all kinds of you know different browsers. You can install Epiphany and, and Opera and Flock even. It's and and all the uh, various configuration. I mean, codecs and things. Uh, most of them are already installed, but but the ones that are not, you can install. You can install updated kernels through here, and it really is 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 a broad expanse of, of of packages. What's interesting is I also have a I have a Dell 700M laptop. It's a widescreen laptop, and I have to use a little BIOS patch called 855 resolution to set the widescreen aspect ratio for the for the display and even that little patch is available in the PC Linux OS repositories so it's, let's use an example just for the purpose click on search the little search button and type in frozen slash bubble I mean dash frozen dash bubble frozen bubble is a game it's a really a really addicting game and it's available for download and what will happen now you can install packages on this live CD so you don't have to have PC Linux online I mean PC Linux OS running installed on your hard drive to install new applications it's just that when you reboot those applications will be lost there is a way to save some things to the to a USB stick or something like that but I'm not going to get into that right now but just for as, as an example Click on Frozen Bubble, I mean double-click it, and it will list other packages that are needed to install Frozen Bubble. It will check for dependencies, in other words, meaning in Linux, certain packages have dependencies, and that what that means is it, it, it depends on other things for it to run correctly. So uh, Frozen Bubble has a four or five different dependencies, not much here, so it will it lists them, and they're actually packages that are already installed they just need to need to be upgraded so click mark that will select all of that stuff for upgrade and then click apply and it will list uh, the, you know a, a new box will come up asking you to verify do you want to do this and it will tell you six new packages will be installed and 14.9 megabytes extra space will be used so click apply and then it will start downloading and installing the packages for you. It might take a couple minutes, but it's very easy to do. Very, very easy. And the other nice thing is once it's downloaded and installed, and it, once it kind of cleans itself up and, and finishes its little what it needs to do, it will add um, a new entry in the KDE menu. I tried this already, and Frozen Bubble will be added to, I think it's Amusement, and I think it's under Arcade. So I think that's where they put it, but it, it will be there. Sometimes it takes a few minutes to appear, but it will appear. You can install, you know, updated, or you can update your version of Firefox. I noticed that the version that's included is, is a couple releases old because PC Linux OS, this version came out last November. So you can click on the new version of Firefox and install that. Piece of cake. Very, very easy to do. So once Frozen Bubble is installed, you can just click on the close button and uh, go down to the menu amusement arcade and yep there it is frozen bubble click on that you can play that game and 
waste of waste a few hours. So when you're all done, you can just log out and shut down. So with that, let's wrap it up. Okay, so hopefully this has been helpful. You've seen the KDE Control Center and the PC Linux OS Control Center, see how they differ, see how there's a little bit of overlap with the hardware tools in the KDE Control Center. But basically, you know, you want to look at the KDE Control Center for managing the, the look and feel of the KDE desktop, and you'll want to go to the PC Linux OS Control Center for managing the hardware and uh, your networking and your printers and display resolution and that sort of thing. Then we also took a look at the Synaptic uh, Software Manager and see how you could update the list of packages and download new packages and upgrade ones that are available to be upgraded. All works very well. I've had no problems running PC Linux OS, and if you do run into issues, check out the wiki and the forums that I mentioned at the beginning of the show. Next time, I think we're going to take another st- we're going to take a step back here from PC Linux OS and start looking at some of the more fundamental things. Now that we have a distribution that runs for most folks, I think that we can use as a common distribution, at least for now. Uh, we're going to take a look at uh, file systems and and you know how the file structure works in Linux. When you click on a file manager and, and go to the root menu and look at all the different directories. We'll go through that and explain that and mount points and things like that and get into some of that nitty-gritty. So please stay tuned for that. I appreciate the feedback. Please keep it coming. I've been getting a lot of emails, and and I'm not able to get to all of them and answer all of them now. I apologize, but do know I read every single one, and I really, really appreciate it. So please keep the the feedback coming, and please do check out the forums and register and, and post away. I've really enjoyed seeing that start to grow so this has been episode 10 of linux reality thanks again everybody i'll catch you next week take care everyone bye-bye